Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Dumdy Dummers. I hope you don't mind, but today I'm hijacking the feed for my new podcast, Soggy Bottoms. If you're a fan of the Great British Bake Off, that pun will need no explaining to you. As of next week, Soggy Bottoms will have its own feed on iTunes and Acast, so go and search for it then. But right here and now, you have a rare treat. It's Soggy Bottoms, a podcast all about the Great British Bake Off. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. I've got my I've got my massive headphones on and yeah. I'm clutching this microphone that's sort of like, hello, Britain, this is the <laughs> yeah. news. I bring you great tidings of a war between many bakers, possibly 11. I can't bloody remember anymore. It's ridiculous. No idea. No idea. Hello. <laughs> Chooksbury calling. Chooksbury calling. <laughs> hello, Chooksbury. It's Camberwell here. Hello and welcome to Soggy Bottoms, the Great British Bake Off fan podcast with the worst Google search strategy this side of Susan Boyle's album launch party. I am the biscuit version of Val's sister Susan that is Cat Brown and with me is the irreplaceable Mason Cash mixing bowl that is Lim Monk. And together with our merry band of 37 structural gingerbread pieces, we're talking about Bake Off, the most English of English pursuits that isn't the Archers. And if you're looking for that, you want our magical sister podcast, Dumpty Dum. Now, for anyone whose brain might have boiled over like so much unattended jam, the sheer excitement of Bake Off's return, here's our chat, Jed Pearson, with a roundup of what's happened in the first two weeks in Mel and Sue's Templars. Hello, welcome to the Soggy Bottom Summary. I have two weeks to talk about, so strap in, folks. This year started with an existential, why me? And a slightly spaced out version of everyone's favourite auntie, coming face-to-face with the reality of tents. Bizarre confessions of crying over cakes and shouting at pies followed. Arguing of baked goods never ends well. Just look what happened when a Bourbon told a Garibaldi to piss off. It's a fantastic history joke. Trust me. Corporals Perkins and Giedroich gave out the orders, while Sergeant Major Berry stood at ease, observing, and Paul stood, legs akimbo, all in black, like a goth Santa, working out who'd been naughty and nice. We got the first proper look at this year's nervous bakers, Jane, who was excited and seemed to have the hair of Big Bird from Sesame Street. Louise, apparently an extra from Gavin and Stacey. Selassie, who on the outside seems very cool, calm and collected. But as Kipling may have once said, if you can keep your head when all around are losing theirs, you probably haven't realised the depth of the crap you're in. Then there's Val, 
who seems so discombobulated and confused all the time that you have to wonder if she's A, on something, B, genuinely batty, or C, whether she's master criminal Kaiser Soze, and Andrew, who had time to bake at university while most of us were just getting baked. Then we have Lee, whose drizzle was a bit clumpier than expected. I'm sure he can get something to clear that up, or maybe just make sure he drinks enough in this hot weather. Rav, who managed to injure himself before really even starting. If you're going to mince yourself, mate, it's traditional to wait for strudel week. Kate just oozes calf Kidston and mum's net, and I'm sure if you cut her she would bleed Bowden. She likes cake for company. We also discovered she has a dimpled bottom and likes the taste of cocks. Make of that what you will. Candice is a grown-up Wednesday Adams, posing as a PE teacher, with lipstick so sharp you could cut yourself on her cupid's bow. And Michael, the youngest contestant, just managed to put me into a diabetic coma, just watching his ingredients pour into the pan. We have Benjamina, who mixed it up a little, and added some mystery green stuff into her cake. Let's hope Val doesn't get hold of it. I think she's probably had enough of that kind of thing already. Sergeant Berry had a very beady eye on proceedings, so Benjamina may get rumbled. Tom, the McGann brother that no one talks about, tried to win Mary over by filling his cake with gin. Dangerous move, mate. I hear she's vicious when she's had a few. Val was spotted listening to her cake singing shortly before scattering her primroses all over the floor. I think she may have had a go on some Benjamina's green stuff after all. When it came to judging, three things stood out. First was Louise's cake, a bizarre construction that remembered the likely offspring of Mrs. Pac-Man and Donald Trump. Second was Paul complaining that he couldn't taste the blackberries in Kate's cake. Seeing as they were wild, the bramble taste was probably drowned out by a combination of sparrow crap and dog piss. And thirdly, Rav managed to enrage Paul by explaining that yuzu was a cross between lemon and lime, only for Paul to get a bit confused because it tasted like a cross between lemon and lime. Watch your flavours, said Paul. Clean your lug holes out, I say. Stick to the orders, barked Sergeant Berry as the Jaffa cake recipe was distributed. Jaffas are a British classic, she opined. They definitely suit a post-industrial, post-Brexit Britain. Made mostly from foreign imports, and they're basically a tax dodge in dunkable form. While baking the Jaffas, some startling revelations came to light. Lee, who's a church minister, didn't know what a cross looked like. Andrew had great difficulty working out the difference between above and beneath. Look out for his new engineering project, the 747 submarine. And Tom, the lost McGann, showed cannibalistic tendencies with the revelation that he knows what crispy ladies' fingers taste like. They sound like a side order when you get a dharma kebab. To the judging. Sergeant Berry and Lee wondered why his sponge wasn't pulling away. It's easy, mate. It's a cake, not a car. It's Bake Off, not Top Gear. Selassie wandered around in the background, casually nibbling stuff and relaxing, and Val got all her ingredients mixed up and ended up dabbing powder from a random jar. Let's hope it wasn't Rav's Colombian's import. The cannibal McGann decided the way to remedy completely cocking up his first cake was to chuck more booze into his filling. While Lee got a bit biblical and decided to construct a strawberry and chocolate tower of Babel up to the heavens. Kate, she of the dimple bottom, released that she remembers swallows on her wedding day. Well, not then. When can you, eh? Val's cake was so much like a concertina that John from Bellowhead passed by, picked it up and played the Archer's theme tune on it. Benjamina started wailing her glaze was too runny all the while pouring her tears into the mix. I half expected the judges to start weeping when they tried it, but remembered it's Bake Off, not like water for chocolate. 
With 15 minutes to go, Kate stated that she could go bluer. Really? There's obviously a very naughty side underneath all that Bowden. Finally, the cakes were judged. Some were good, some were bad. Louise was moist, Lee was dry. Selassie managed to turn Mary and Paul into Grandmaster Flash, exclaiming that it had no shine, which is what we were expecting. Love that design, with all the fresh raspberries. Clear lines that cut through, not dripping down. The set is fine. It was something of a phenomenon. Jane came out as Star Baker and apparently produces a very fine drizzle. I'm sure Tenor Lady will sort that out. Lee, unsurprisingly, left us. After all, baked good at a church, seldom stretched past pretty rubbish wafers made from frankly improbable ingredients. So we beat eggs, cakes all filled with currants, borne back ceaselessly, into biscuit week. Though we had no sue, we all still had Val, trying her very hardest not to look like a startled woodland creature, only a swoop and a pounce away from being owl food. Enter Mary and Paul, Mary all starched and neat, Paul all rumpled and swagger, with a very brave attempt at pulling off double denim without looking like a member of Bewitched. However, all he managed to do was colour coordinate with Jane's KitchenAid and look a bit like a lost line dancing instructor. The task this week was to bake 24 crisp, crunchy iced biscuits. While Jane felt the pressure was on her, Selassie looked around the tent for somewhere to sling his hammock and relax for a while. Val gave a lovely piece to camera about concentrating on not being messy while not watching what she was whisking and covering everyone else in beaten egg and flour. Over a shot of him playing with his sausage, Tom revealed the next step of his master plan. After getting everyone thoroughly pissed last week on his cakes, he'd give them a pick-me-up in the form of his chai chocomocha frappa latticino coffee biscuits. I can't wait for next week's hangover curing bacon and egg brioche with a diorolite dough. Jane baked flower pot biscuits so she could show off her auriculars and glaze her clematis. Rav based his biscuits on bunting. He needs to be careful there, because it got a tendency to go missing a lot. Fallon still hasn't found hers since last year's Ambridge fate. Both Val and Louise demonstrated their calm by throwing biscuits all over the floor, while Tom had ingested so much of his caffeine-laced biscuits, he was a blur as he vibrated round the tent. After the biscuit round, as we went to meet Sue and Anastasia, a fully qualified dunkologist, she introduced us to the Greek bread biscuit called a Paxamidia, Surely it should be named an Achilles meal. Tech challenge this week was the Viennese world, predicted by Louise, proving that she must be some kind of witch or something. Paul filled his face with one and spluttered crumbs everywhere while describing how crumbly it was. Seems that Viennese world mix is in direct opposition to other things in life. You have to have it pretty stiff or it'll squidge out. You beat it to make it softer, and warm hands on the bag make it soften. Selassie's laid-back veneer started to crack as he came last, with collapsed and oily wells, you could almost see the fires of hell sparkle in his eyes. Showstopper round was to make a 30 centimetre high story about yourself in gingerbread. Andrew's a punt. Michael made a creepy childhood grotto complete with Demon Santa. Louise attempted to remake the Red Wedding from Game of Thrones. Or at least, it ended up pretty much the same. Kate spookily stated that the children were cooked. Surely you cook kids after you build the gingerbread house? Or are all these fairy tales lies? Anyway, come the end of the challenge, Candice came out as star baker after getting Mel to handle her jugs and Mary to munch on her sticky carpet. Louise left after having great plans but falling victims to poor handling, lack of a final product and a collapse before crossing the finishing line. A little bit like the Welsh rugby team then. As she said, she came, she saw, she cocked it right up. 
At least we still have Val. And we'll see which of our bakers has something to prove next time on Bread Week. We'll see you all then. Dearest listener, it's time that we confessed. Part of the reason we're starting this podcast in week two is that Mim and I have been busy forming a cult exercise class in Shoreditch based around Val's cake singing cardio. It's definitely that and not at all the case that we only just got the microphones. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mim, my heart belongs to the adorable human red wall feast that is Val. But which contestants have got your attention so far? Oh, Val is beautiful. She's such a wonderful human. Uh, But I can't possibly go any further without confessing my ever so slightly inappropriate love for Selassie. With you. Oh, (laughs) he's cooler than cool. He's like the most unflappable man I have ever known. And he bakes. Oh, I forgot a major ingredient. Oh, no worries. Oh, this chilli's really hot. Oh, no worries. He is a god among cake. And I absolutely loved the way that he just, he dialed down the scotch bonnet in episode two. Yes! Because they were looking so worried. And he was just like, lads, this is not my first rodeo. I've been with people who have absolutely no taste for heat and I've got you. This is fantastic. Yeah. And have you seen the lovely gift that someone's made of him trying his chilli? And it's just his facial expressions going, mm-hmm, yeah, that'll do. And it's just that whole like movement of his lips, like, mm-hmm, yeah, it's quite hot, mm-hmm, but it's fine, it's fine. I can't get over that gif from, uh, gif, 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 from episode one, which is literally just that bit where he, he gets off his motorbike and then none does his jacket and is like, I am the Superman of the city. I've got my oh, suit on. Yes. This, and it's not even crumpled. Yes, I'm not That's even sweaty. Incredible. No. Oh. Absolutely amazing. And we were, so we had a brief, brief catch up before. And apart from mutually uh, agreeing that it's far too early in the contest to really know anybody's names but that we've managed to learn them all which is fab Branch came up as well I'm yeah. just a big fan of him I love his interactions really with Mel they just seem to be absolute best friends yeah oh he just seems so calm and I think that's why I didn't really kind of pick up on him it was right at the end of the episode last night that I just went oh hang on you're awesome you know your, your biscuits burnt and yet you have not flapped you have not panicked you've just been lovely and cheery and just, I reckon he's going to be this quiet person that just chugs away for the first few weeks and then suddenly will be Starbaker in week five and we'll win it. Yeah, definitely, because Rav had some absolutely amazing flavours in there as well. Technical mm. commentary, technical commentary. Oh. In it. Whereas, so this is, this is really awful to start the slating, but Kate, it is Kate, isn't it? The magical, the magical baby oh. mum. Wonderful mum, wonderful mum on the farm with all the ingredients. Mm-hmm. Oh, all of the ingredients, cross-reference chat from last year. Um, oh, yes. She, she did some amazing stuff in Bergamot, which, to be honest, I only know from, from Earl Grey tea, but willing to yes. go there. But I don't know, there was just I was, there was something about her bake that failed to charm me in the same way as Rav. And that's probably just me being like wildly picky. But what is that? And do you think she needs to like loosen up? And yeah. if so, what, what do we have to do? Do we basically need say- to team up? and have some of his booze or something yes oh she just needs to relax definitely and it's that age-old problem of the person with a bit too much style um you know oh who was that person a couple of years ago that made like an enormous matchbox of of, of biscuits beautiful again terrible with the names but I remember exactly that thing yeah, yeah yeah and I just think it's that kind of oh and I don't want to make it sound like a gender thing but it's that kind of woman that's ever so slightly always a bit on edge and like oh no no no, no. it would be wonderful oh yes yes and, and we're doing all of this for you know Jasper's second birthday party. Oh, yeah. I just think, oh, come on. I was going to say it's not a competition. It is a competition. But it is. Like, and just... the matchbox was done by Francis, who did all those uh, fabulous sort of leaning ones. I do have a lot of sympathy with Kate, and to be honest, with anybody who gets nervous and highly precious, because that is basically me in a nutshell with all of my hobbies. And yeah. 
I'm in a terrible position for a for a Bake Off podcast host at the minute, and I can't actually watch the damn thing live because <gasps> I'm having I'm having riding lessons at the minute. Could oh. this be any more Middle England? <laughs> no. Already had a shout out to an Archer's podcast. Boom. And and I had a lesson on Wednesday and was so conscious of the fact that I was I was just not nailing it and I was really cocking it up and I got really frustrated. I cried in the middle of the arena. I am a 33 year old woman. It's tragic. So nobody has cried on Bake Off yet, and I think I Ooh. think that's absolutely amazing. So corrections, Ooh. there were tears last week. Oh bloody hell! Of course yeah. there were. It was Benjamina, and it was her secret oh. ingredient to her wonderful buttercream. It was all going wrong, and then she cried over the mixer, and ba bam, perfect icing. Ma'am, I'm glad that one of us is on top of the crying. This is a, yeah, it's literally perfect. one of the like three things that I wrote down about last week's episode. <laughs> my, my my notes for last week's episode were were valve cardio. And singing to her cakes, and that was literally it. Because then I just yeah. caught, I got caught up in a warp of that Selassie gif, and uh, oh, just wanted yeah. more of Val. And thinking that Val might actually be some kind of joyful woodland creature disguised <laughs> human being. That's yeah, I wonder. I wondered this week if maybe she just kind of snuck in, and that maybe you know she hadn't applied, she hadn't got through any kind of initial rounds or anything, and they were just thinking, well, she's a bit bonkers, and we don't really know how to tell her that she shouldn't be here, so we're just going to let her entertain herself. Just see what happens. Through one of the holes in the tent. Her bakes haven't particularly set the world on fire, but just whilst there are so many people still in the tent, you can kind of get away with that. Because somebody yeah. will always have an absolute mare. Yeah, I mean, it will be a shame if there's one week where someone who really doesn't deserve to go goes and she stays, which I kind oh, of felt yeah. a little bit this week. And just a smidgen, I just thought, oh, I really like Louise. Louise was absolutely amazing. Like, her sheep were just fantastic. I yeah. love the idea of doing Barabrith. I mean... I think I think getting Barabrith into a biscuit is a bit of an ambitious ask, but mm-hmm. hey, clearly worked first time, so that's brilliant. And but just the poor woman seeing that flipping gingerbread church falling apart. Oh. I saw her face though, and I was like, if that was me, and admittedly I cry at the cry at the drop of a button, yeah. I would be in floods. She just absolutely held it together, and I just thought that was so absolutely amazing. She'd made all these fabulous elements. She'd got yeah. a bride. She'd got a gravestone. She'd got the whole shebang. And then the thing just bloody collapsed. Oh, I know. But she oh. still took it up and went and for it. And that was amazing. She was brilliant. And just watching that all crumble in front of her and, yeah, hold it together, carry it up to the front, to the gingham altar, and then watch Paul Hollywood slice your groom into pieces. I just thought that was that was too much, Paul. Too much. The woman's clearly going through some kind of massive meltdown about her forthcoming wedding. And is this a massive premonition that, you know, everything's going to go wrong? Oh, no, I'm just going to slice up your groom. Yeah. Louise, too much. all weddings go wrong in some way. It's it's just the way it's just the way that it does. And to be honest, touch wood, I think you might have got all the fuck ups out of the way now through the medium yeah. of baking, and that oh. is magical. Brilliant. It's the magic, the magic of baking. <laughs> We're going to have some calls now because the only thing better than screaming at the TV on Twitter is doing so via a digital phone line. And if you would like to have your two penneth on what's going down in the marquee, or give your considered thoughts on next week's sexual innuendos, you can give us a ring for free using SpeakPipe. Head to soggybottomspodcast.com, not to be confused with any other websites, and click on send voicemail on the right-hand side of the page. But if you'd rather compose a strongly worded letter, ideally on a biscuit, you can tweet us at soggybottoms1, you can like us on Facebook where we're Soggy Bottoms Podcast, or email us through the massively old-school contact form on soggybottomspodcast.com. Right, now all that contact admin is done, Mim and I get to deliver the worst joke of the show to announce the calls. On your marks. Get set. Speak. Speak. (laughs) 
Hello, Roy Field and everyone. This is Titian73 from the Twitters. I'm an eager Dum De Dum listener and a brand new watcher of Bake Off. I've only just learned to love it, thanks to a very nice friend of mine, Tilly. However, even though I've only watched one episode, I'm already irritated by the missing raspberry on the opening credits. I hope one day that can be fixed. Good luck with the podcast and speak to you soon. Bye. Oh, you're a newcomer to the Bake Off. Welcome to the fold. We shall envelop you in sponge and make you feel very warm and welcome. (laughs) Uh, Yes, you mentioned the missing raspberry on the credits. It is annoying. I must admit, I didn't notice it for ages. And then someone pointed it out on Twitter and I was like, oh, yes. But you'll be glad to know if you watch the um, Joe Brand Extra Slice program on a Friday, that their credits, they have the raspberry. So, you know, if it's bugging you that much, watch those credits. So is that simply just that they've gone, ooh, our programme is called an extra slice. So we shall have an extra raspberry as well. Or is it yeah. just they've got a more bang on continuity announcer? I have to confess, I've not noticed. I'm going to try not to notice because afterwards <laughs> yeah. this will drive me absolutely up the wall. Absolutely. absolutely. I, I really like the difference, actually, between, and I don't know if this is me kind of overseeing it or maybe just being incredibly simple. Um but I like the credits for exercise because I like the messy kitchen thing. And I like, you know, I like the fact that maybe someone's made the effort to put the extra raspberry on. Maybe not. I don't know. But they're just kind of nice. And it's like, yeah, it's real people. And there's flour everywhere and chaos and messy child with cake mix in hair. Makes you feel like normal, normal baking. Yeah, get that in. Where half of it is on the floor and you're essentially covered in batter. But that's totally fine because it was all yeah. meant up in your mouth anyway. Absolutely. Um, as a complete tangent, um, my lack of observation skills reached an absolute peak this week because I only just realised that Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith had named their children after them. That is Willow and Jake, <gasps> and I literally only just noticed. Ah, mind blown. I had yeah. not noticed at all. There we go. That's the raspberry for the cop culture world. <laughs> uh, who is our next caller? Next up, we have a call from Lizzie P. Yeah, Bake Off's back. That's me busy on Wednesdays at eight o'clock for the next few weeks. I'll be sitting back and commenting on other people's baking. Well, when I say comment, I probably mean criticise quite harshly. And I got a bit of a cheat, really, because I know I couldn't bake half the things that they do. My cheese scones and my chocolate caramel shortbread's not so bad, but that's about it. It is nice to have it back on the telly, though. Nice to see Paul and Mary and Mel and Sue, plus all this year's new bakers. It'll be interesting to see how they all get on over the coming weeks. We'll see Paul's raised eyebrows at various ingredients and maybe he might give out his handshake. I like to watch out for the faces that they pull when they either like a bake or don't like a bake, depending what what it tastes like. And of course, we've got Mel and Sue and their innuendo. My 90-year-old mum, though, she could probably give the bake off a bit of a run for her innuendos because out of one of her birthday celebrations this week, well, her and her friends, they, they were terrible. It was like being in a room with a bunch of potty-mouthed, dirty old women. Terrible. Anyway, it's only week one, so I'm not quite sure who everybody is yet, but I did wonder what Candice was doing with that Genoese sponge as she flung it against the window. I mean, I thought the Olympics were over and that didn't really look like a discus. Anyway, we also had the great debate about the Jaffa cakes. I mean, are they this way up, are they that way up? Jaffa Cakes and Cake Week, obviously, yet all the shops have them in the biscuit aisle, or Twitter was in a right quandary about that. But I think my favourite bit this week had to be Mary, and the look that she gave Paul when he dared to dunk his Jaffa Cake and his drink. I just loved the way she told him that we don't do that in the South. 
Anyway, I look forward over the next few weeks to see how everybody gets on. Look forward to seeing successful bakes, disastrous bakes, because we know that's what we're all waiting for, don't we? We're waiting for another sort of um, baked Alaska gate like we had the other year. But as the weeks go on, we'll get to see who the favourites are and I'll get a favourite because at the minute I haven't really got a favourite. Looking forward to see how it goes on over the next few weeks. I'll get back to you then. Bye-bye. Okay, Mim. Right, we've talked about other people's baking uh, in quite lofty ways. What about you? Are you a baker? Oh, yes and no. Yes, I love baking, but I do have a little bit like uh, Lizzie was saying in her call, I do have my things that I'm good at. And I've got my brownies that I'm very, very good at. My lemon drizzle is pretty good. Um, I went through quite a big dieting phase for a couple of years. So I did quite a lot of low calorie and low fat stuff. Uh, You know, I'm sorry, but it had to be done at the time. I couldn't live without cake. So I've definitely got my kind of signature bakes that I'm really, really good at. Um, But I wouldn't ever say I'm anywhere near Bake Off standard because I just, any episode where I kind of think, yeah, 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 I could do this, I could do this. Then suddenly you go, oh my God, I can't make a jam. I can't make jelly. I can't do that. I can barely use a piping bag. So I think, yeah. I'm good at what I do and I don't overreach myself. I've never been more sad to be separated by several hundred miles from you right now because <laughs> I suspect there's something delicious in a baking tin somewhere. And I, I'm so with you on the on the sort of going really like baking, but definitely not to this level because I, I, watched, mm. I was watching the, the Viennese Walls yesterday. <gasps> yeah. And bloody hell, I had no idea you were supposed to have jam in a flipping world. I've clearly been stiffed by every baker that I've gone into. Um, but when they were just like, yeah, we're just going to casually make some jam like it's like yeah. it's MBD. And I was just like, where does one begin with jam? I know. I, just, I know. I, I know that you take off the lid and then you spread it on toast. But anything before that is a complete mystery to me. So yeah. watching them just like casually get into the jam scene was amazing. I know. I love the person. I can't remember who it was. It might have been the god that is Val. Uh, but the person that went, well, I only know what temperature it needs to go to because on the sugar thermometer it says jam. I oh, like, yes! I love that. I think that was Tom. I think. That oh, was, that yeah. Was, Possibly Tom. I think we'll just all contestants for the next two weeks have just got the word possibly in front of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was either either Tom or Michael. But um but yeah, and, and also what brilliant thermometer. I have to confess I do not own a cooking oh, thermometer no. of any kind. And I've never put a thermometer in an oven or in fudge or something. It's all just been winged and I'm frankly amazed I haven't killed anybody yet. But there's still time. Fingers crossed it won't be through cake, because that would just be a tragedy. Or a very well concealed crime. Uh exactly. So that's amazing. Well, thank you to the chaps who phoned in. You all win Star Baker in the art of using the internet to make a phone call, which frankly is still bloody confusing to me. So what's next up, Mim? Well, clearly what makes the Bake Off such a joy is how everyone second screens it on social media. It's almost impossible to kind of keep up with everything that's going on. And I found I was missing huge swathes of it while I was trying to look at Twitter, trying to look at Facebook. So even better is watching it in company. Uh, And for me, Last week's episode was accompanied by my sometimes rather harshly honest mum, who's like a better Twitter, but she brings cake. So, uh, (laughs) yeah. How have we not got a section called Mim's Mum? Because frankly, we're doing this all wrong. Can you get her to call in next week? I I totally could. I totally could. She did some good tweeting this week. She couldn't join me last night in the end. She was meant to, but I got ditched for a builder. Um, But she did some lovely tweeting. So, yeah, I will uh, give her a little speak pipe tutorial and she'll be on it like a car bonnet. So. To make up for my lackadaisical approach to social media watching last night, we have the wonderful Emily Thomas's roundup of the best tweets on the Bake Off hashtag. 
Hello, I'm Emily and I've been looking after the social media feeds here at Soggy Bottom and I'm here to report back on what you lot have been saying about various biscuits and biscuity things that happened this week. Now, I know it's early days, but here is where you can find us on the interwebs. On Facebook, we are Soggy Bottom's podcast and on Twitter, we are Soggy Bottom's one. That number one meaning that somebody already had a soggy bottom. Cheeky. As I said, early days, so Facebook has been a bit quiet, but you've put in a stonking first effort. My captain has been quick to point out the innuendos. With Grab My Jugs, Your Sister Tastes Lovely, and I'll Eat Some Carpet, that has to have been one of the best episodes of GBVO ever. Sue would have exploded. Claire Asprey replied to this by saying, You didn't mention the warm hands on your bag comment. Surely destined to be a 2016 classic moment. Yes, Innuendo Game was strong on tonight's episode. Long may it continue. Rachel Tolhurst has even managed to sketch out the beginnings of a drinking or perhaps eating game. Uh, Some of the trigger words for this game that she has suggested are forgotten ingredient, dropped on the floor, started over again, cried, or soggy bottom, and the words issues. Now, these are excellent ideas, Rachel. However, may I remind you that the Bake Off is happening on a Wednesday. Some of us have to be at work in the morning, and the rules you've sketched out here would produce hangovers so epic, half the nation would be unable to go into work on Thursday morning. Now, Twitter has been another story. You've been all over the Twitters, like Val's biscuits went all over the floor this week. We're going to start this week's Twitter recap with one from actual former contestant and winner of GBBO, John Waite, who said, What the bloody hell is bergamot? asked Mary. Is it over 40% proof? If not, get out of my posh tent. Yes, we all know how much Mary's eyes light up at the sight of alcohol. Sadly for her, bergamot is actually an oily substance extracted from the rind of a dwarf variety of Seville orange used in cosmetics and as a flavouring in Earl Grey tea. Or it's what most fancy candles smell of around December time, whichever is your frame of reference. Sophie Thomas at Soapstud has asked a very vital question. Well, why did we stop dunking biscuits into alcohol? An excellent question, Sophie. I personally dunked a custard cream into a glass of Sauvignon Blanc while watching tonight. It's not just for the Renaissance types. The wine, of course, rapidly shot out of my nose when Mary Berry declared herself ready to eat some carpet. Sammy at little underscore fickle take on the gingerbread life story was one that I feel we can all relate to. All these lovely gingerbread scenes. Don't know how I'd represent my dad shouting shut up or we'll go home from a front seat. Yes, I think that is a far more relatable scene than a near-death experience on a mountainside. Goddess Diva slept to the defence of mature ladies everywhere as Val failed to complete two of the challenges in this week's Bake Off, saying... What woman of a certain age hasn't had a problem finishing? Hashtag vagina or cake. Oh, goddess diva, you are magic. No further comment needed. And finally, my tweet of the week goes to the ever-charming yokel bear. Who mused on what his gingerbread life story would be. Saying... Trying to think of what my gingerbread memory would be. Probably having a shagging in an NCP car park in Swindon. I'm classy me. You are, as ever, sir, classy to the last drop. 
I think everyone here at Soggy Bottoms would demand that you make this gingerbread reality and release the photos of your creation to the world. I think we're all dying to see that rendered in gingerbread. Well, that's all for now for the Social Media Roundup. If you know of another social media site where there's a good bake-off banter to be had, let us know via Facebook or Twitter. I've personally had my eye on the bake-off Tumblr community, but I didn't want to get all millennial in the first episode. But for now, may your baps always be pillowy soft. Bye! <laughs> Gorgeous stuff there from Emily. And I, for one, cannot wait to see Yokel Bears shag in an NCP car park rendered in fine, crunchy gingerbread and glued together by royal icing. Which is your favourite bit of the Twitters, Mim? Well, I must confess that as much as I loved all of those tweets, um, I chuckled even more with the Guardian tweet along, which was hilarious. Um, I didn't read it uh, live with the show because there was far too much going on, uh, but I was reading it this morning and literally laughing out loud down with the kids. There's this wonderful speculation about Tom's adventure up the mountain that he rendered in gingerbread um, and whether that little uh, escapade with his best friend had the same ring to it as Uncle Bryn and Jason's fishing trip in Gavin yes! and Stacey. Oh, my God. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. I, was I know. It feels like we are not getting nearly enough information over this, from the looks of it, quite potentially fatal accident. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm just glossing over this moment when I nearly lost me and my best friend up a mountain. But isn't this lovely gingerbread? Yes. I mean, I think that's just the most English reaction to a just yes. uh, hideous thing possible. My um, my oh. husband once ended up uh, holding the torch over his brother who was being fixed back together after a horrendous skiing accident whilst his uncle sewed his ear back on. Oh so, um, uh, and did I, they I render that in gingerbread? Well, I'm, I'm now planning that I've, I've basically missed the mark entirely and really need to render that gingerbread. And also Harry's got a birthday coming up. So uh, oh. I think I think an elaborately, uh, <laughs> elaborately done story slash scene would be amazing. And also just red icing. Can't go wrong with that. Loads of it. Oh, everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. And sutures is probably the one bit I could probably do quite well out of icing. Yeah. And that that'd be amazing. Absolutely. I mean, so long as it doesn't look like um, young chaps icing Santa, Santa scene boy. Oh, my God. Oh, oh yes. Michael. Michael. I thought, wasn't that, isn't Michael's uh, Father Christmas basically a teddy bear? Yeah. And was just like, look at the adorable baby bear Father Christmas. Oh. Or just or just the um, the bear that's been in a in a horrible house fire and has miraculously yeah. come out unscathed. But his his entire costume has just melted permanently onto him. Oh, yes. Oh. I did. I, I was very pleased, obviously, that Michael's gingerbread tasted the best. But um, but just sort of looking at it, I was just like, there has been a terrible fire. And and we don't know what's happened. And I really hope this isn't that plan, because I just like to think that this, the studio is still there. The elves are still cracking on and they aren't yes. having to live in, in this potentially horrendously fire-strewn shed. It was just such a bizarre choice as well. Just, oh, yeah, I'm going to create this very obscure moment from my early life like just I don't know odd odd I do sense that as a hockey player at university Michael might have many more interesting yes. stories to render into gingerbread but probably ran them by his mum and just went no no Michael no no, no. why, no, why no, don't you do that nothing like this no yes. none of that tell Mary about the time we went to see Father Christmas yes that's definitely the last safe thing that is suitable to report because then he became a teenager and it all went downhill from there absolutely and I feel we're really glossing over Val's apocalyptic scene at the end. Just, oh my God, when the, when the flipping Statue of Liberty fell down, I was having mad Planet of the Apes flashbacks. Yes! Uh, I believe so... I did tweet a picture of Planet of the Apes. <laughs> I was on it. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, 
bless her. But I I just think make something of it. Just say, yeah, you know, this is it. This is Yorkshire meets New York and calamity has ensued. Exactly. This is basically just where we've just broken off. It couldn't be too perfect. Couldn't be too perfect. Yeah. (gasps) Do you think she's sabotaging herself? Oh, no. Do you think she's doing it deliberately to be the underdog? No, I think she's, I think in that kind of scenario, you just probably, you relax into it. And then when stuff does fall, fall over, it falls mm. over and it's just like it's happening in your kitchen. Mm. Except, and so, I mean, loads of people have had to start their baking again from scratch and have done oh, it really, yeah. really well. I mean, if that was me, I'd just be like, oh, but I, I only, I only bought like exactly the right amount yes. of ingredients. I just assumed it would all go perfectly. Yeah. Um, uh, which is basically 90% of the time never the case, which is how I came up one day to create donut explosion cakes, uh, which is basically desperately trying to style out some uh, fairy cakes with an optimistic jam filling that had just basically just destroyed my kitchen walls. But I still somehow needed to provide my local cafe with 24, 24 fairy cakes and just went, here, guys, I put some caster sugar on them. They're uh, definitely donuts. Donut cakes. Get your donut cakes. Oh, they'd be some awful hipster monstrosity, wouldn't they? You know, I mean, oh, what's the combination of cupcake and donut? Cup nut. <laughs> cup nut You've invented the cup nut. Cup nut is definitely Get a thing to, kind of to be talking about next week. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> oh God, you've just reminded me as well. I, I mean, I know that I know that Sue was away and uh, she was attending a bereavement, which sounds very formal, but um, but and that was you know just horrible. And I hope she and all her family and friends are okay. We're all definitely missing her and thinking of her. But there was that bit at the end where I think Mel was just definitely missing her partner in crime. And I love that setup with Candice when she's like, oh, would you like me to carry anything for you, Candice? And she was just like, well, yeah, you could give me a hand with my jugs or something. Yes. And I was just yeah, like, I was just, yeah, could you grab my jugs? Yeah. Could you grab my jugs? That was it. And I was just like, I thought I thought we had reached uh, a taste low in uh, Mary's near smirk as she uh, said that she would like some carpet very much. That'd be absolutely delicious. Love, love to eat a bit of carpet. So, um. I think it's just all got wildly out of hand while Sue's been away. So yeah. uh, who knew Sue was the, the sensible, steady hand on on the team? I would definitely never have suspected that in a million years. No. So I'm thrilled to discover that she is the the anchor and the and the balance and the hoist to uh, to Mel's un, untrainable double entendres leading everybody astray. <laughs> Right, everybody, that is it for the first episode of Soggy Bottoms. Thank you so much for for joining us and for kindly offering to warm up our bags. We really hope that you enjoyed it and that our lovely producer, Royfield, edited it down enough for that to happen. Remember, to get in contact with us, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the site, and then you can find us on Twitter at SoggyBottoms1. Also on Twitter, I'm at CatBrown. Jed is at Jed and White. I'm at Mim underscore Monk and Emily is at Emily underscore Thomas 73. And if you like the way our cookie crumbled, please subscribe and leave a rating on iTunes. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'd like to say I'm sweating buckets. I've basically just been clutching this microphone next to my chest for so long that I don't think I'm capable of human feeling anymore. No, no. My my hands are both sweaty and hot and also devoid of all colour all at the same time. I mean, it's all terribly English. (laughs) Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Oh God! I basically just want to go and make a massive cake now, but I'm uh, I'm on the stupid Dukan, the uh, oh, unpronounced yes. things to try and spelt down a bit. So basically, the only the only thing even approximating baking that I'm making at the moment is a chocolate pancake every morning. And oh, given that that yeah. is literally six minutes from taking it out of the fridge to mixing it all together and putting it in the pan, that wouldn't even get me past the audition or the paper no. application. Oh. That's so sad. I do have a good chunk of lemon drizzle downstairs that I'm going to treat myself to. So sorry. Lemon. Sorry about that. I'll screw that. I'm probably going to go and break it and have some Prosecco. Why the fuck not? Yes! Uh, on that note, I'm probably going to go and listen to the Archers and have some supper. So yes. I will speak to you next week. Yeah, speak to you soon. Take Yay! care. Bye. Peace. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.